0: You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8:30 or 10:45. Find out more at asburyboziure.org. Well good morning. It is good to be with you uh, as uh, the Lord has taken great mercy on us in giving us uh, what looks like to be a beautiful uh, week uh, of weather. Uh, so we will praise God from whom all blessings flow, especially if it's a good 75 and clear skies. So I'm thankful uh, that you are here today. Uh, Our lesson today comes from the letter of 2 Timothy 1, verses 1 through 12. It'll be on the screens, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, Grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayer night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And now, I am sure... Lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel. Relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus. Who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me, In the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. First, let me say I love diving into biblical names And I find it fascinating, and can I say, uh, rather hilarious, that in the Old Testament we have these great names like Zechariah, and and Obadiah, and Jeremiah, and Jehoshaphat. And then we get to the New Testament, and at Jesus' birth we hear about Mary and Joe. And then here we have a story about Timothy's grandmama Lois and his mother Eunice. We go from Jeremiah, Obadiah, Jehoshaphat to Grandmama Lois and your mama Eunice, as if Timothy grew up in Ida. What happened in between the Old and the New Testament with these names? Names play an important role uh, in the biblical narrative, and they play a role in this letter as well. These names carry meaning. Like, for example, my third daughter, uh, Cecilia Jane, that is her name, Cecilia Jane. Cecilia is the patron saint of music. And Jane is Jane Austen, my wife's favorite author. So Cecilia Jane, she's named after a musician and an author, which means she will play softball uh, when she grows up. Uh, fun fact, and if you, want, if, you want, if you want to earn great capital with Cecilia, she's try- she had her seventh birthday uh, on the first of this month. And she's trying to get CJ to take off. Cecilia Jane, C.J., and we cringe just a little bit. Your name is so beautiful, Cecilia Jane. Yeah, I like C.J. So, But if you want to gain great capital with Cecilia, call her C.J., and you will see her grin from ear to ear. Names carry meaning, ca- names carry identity, and it's particularly important in this letter to recognize the power of these names. For example, Lois, in our script, Grandmama Lois, Lois means Better, that which is better, which, which can be awkward in the delivery room, you know, seeing your sister being born and the doctor asks mom, well, what is the name of this child? And she says, mm, better, better than the first. Lois means better, that which is better. And these are particularly important to recognize because of the context of this letter. Second Timothy, most scholars agree, was written around the turn of the century. So around the year 100. Some put it as early as 90 AD or ACE, depending on your flavor, in the year 90. Some put it as late as 140 AD. Most scholars agree, somewhere around the turn of the century. And if, if you know uh, the biblical timeline, this is well after Paul's death, for example. Uh, it's even probably after Timothy's death. Timothy died, our best guess is around 98 A.D. So what does that work here in this letter? During this time in, the, the, the Christian, in in our Christian history, there was great persecution going on in the church. And typically when there was great persecution, there must be Veiled language. For example, during Great Persecution, it gave rise to uh, apocalyptic literature like, like Revelation, which is written in code, so to speak. And, dare I say, there is some of that in this letter. When there is persecution, there is what is called subversive language. Language for the general audience, language that everybody can read, but only those who know the hidden meaning will understand what the letter is about. There are four different kinds of language. I, I, I know you remember. I talked about this in a sermon about eight months ago. I'm sure, I'm sure you remember. There are four, four different kinds of language. There is public discourse, which is language that everyone should hear. It is language out in the open for everyone's ears. And then there is there's private discourse. You know private discourse. It's when you meet in the hallways of the church to talk about stuff. That's private discourse. It's not. It's not. You're not lying. You're not gossiping. It's just not meant for everyone's ears. And then there is subversive language, which is out in the open that everybody can hear, but there is a hidden meaning. For example, uh, uh, the, the great African American spiritual songs, uh, "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." Coming for to carry me home. Yes, it is about Elijah, but it's also swing low, which means go down to the south, that sweet chariot of the Underground Railroad, and bring me home. Or follow the drinking gourd, follow the drinking gourd, which is about the Big Dipper, follow the North Star. And there you will find freedom. Subversive language. Where it's out in the open, everybody can hear it, but only those who know the meaning understand its significance. And of course, the fourth is there is defiant discourse, which you just say out loud and you don't care who hears it, but it's standing up and pushing back. And, and so public, private, subversive, and then uh, assertive language. Or antagonistic language. This this letter, much like Jesus' parables, is subversive language. Even the disciples often didn't know what Jesus was talking about. Please explain to us what the parable of the sower means. This, too, has some subversive language within it. And the clue is the names found therein. Paul means humble. The name Paul means humble or to be humble. Uh, Saul means questioning, and it's not that on the road to Damascus, he was Saul, and then God said, your name is Paul, like Abram to Abraham, or or Jacob to Israel. It's just that one is Greek, and one is Latin. Paul, the Latin version, means humble. Lois means better. That which is better. Eunice means joy. Joy. Eunice means specifically victorious joy, is what the name means. And then Timothy, Timothy is one who honors God. So in looking at these names, if you're being persecuted and you need to get a letter out to your people, you're going to write it in the name of Paul. He's no longer there. He cannot be found and persecuted and arrested. Timothy is probably not there. Neither is Eunice, neither is Grandmama Lois. So you're writing in the names of people who are not there, but you're proclaiming a profound truth, which means through humility, we have received something better, or dare I say, the good news that is of a victorious joy for those who honor God. And the rest of the letter plays this out. Don't skip Paul's greetings in in the letters. There's a lot in there. It's not just a Dear John Uh, at the beginning. Through humility, through humility, we have received good news of victorious joy for those who honor God. The letter goes on to say, do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of, of the Lord. Why would he say that? Because according to Deuteronomy, Chapter 21, verses 22 through 23, he who is placed upon the pole is cursed by God. In other words, it is rather embarrassing to proclaim that Jesus, the one who was crucified by the Roman authority, is our Messiah, is our Lord and Savior, because those who are reading the Old Testament are saying, but, but it says in Deuteronomy that he is cursed. But he also rose from the dead. Jesus, I'll put it this way. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of fill-in-the-blank. I don't care what you fill-in-the-blank with. Jesus is Lord, even of the New Testament. Jesus is Lord, even of the writings. Remember, there are several generations of Christians who have come and gone and proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. There was a church even before there was a Second Timothy. Jesus is Lord. Do not be ashamed of that. Do not be ashamed that our Lord and Savior is the one who offered himself. During that time, it was an embarrassment to proclaim that the one who gives me life is the one who lost his life at the hands of Rome. Do not be ashamed to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. The letter goes on to say, This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, who abolished death, gives us that which is better, or the good news, and brought life and immortality, or a victorious joy to light through the gospel. This grace was given to us by Christ Jesus before the ages began. It has now been revealed. So this is talking about the death of Christ the, the humility of Christ on a cross, the resurrection of Christ being that greater good, that, that, that lowest, that which is better, that eternal life, which gives us victorious joy. And then he continues to ask us to honor, to honor God, to honor God. These names are played throughout the rest of the letter. He goes on to say, hold on to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you, not on your own, but with the help of the Holy Spirit living within us. So what is this good treasure that we are called to protect and honor and share? While doing some homework on uh, this verse, because I'll tell you, I've never preached on 2 Timothy before, so congratulations, uh, th- this is new. As uh, doing some homework on this passage, I ran across a fantastic story uh, of a young man who was, he went over to China, he, he served in the military and was studying for a master's degree, so he went over to China uh, to learn Chinese as part of his studies. And there were people from all over the world uh, who were there, uh, from, uh, mainly from, from Europe But there were also folks uh, from Africa that were there, uh, and also folks from the Middle Middle East that were there. And he was in China during uh, the Gulf War, he said, which at times made things precarious. There was tension. Sometimes it was hard to have a discussion even with my own classmates. So he and, and the Europeans were there to learn Chinese Uh, the the Africans and, as he says, the Arabs were there to learn math and science, but in English. So they were not studying Chinese. Well, things got particularly tense during the war. And late at night, uh, a man from the Middle East came into his room and drew a dagger. But he took the dagger, lifted it up, and cut the wire that allowed the Chinese to listen in. And he said, rightfully so. (laughs) I was a little nervous in this moment. But the man put his dagger away and said, I need your help. I need you to write a letter in Chinese for me so that I might ask the university to have my family join us so that they will be safe. He says, I've tried but I only know Arabic and my letter is dismissed. And the man said, why did you come to me with this? And he said, because you are a Christian and I knew you would help. That's the treasure. That is the treasure that we are called to guard and protect and share with the world, especially on a day like World Communion Sunday, where we give nod to the fact that Christ's presence is in fact all over the world, the world that was indeed created through him. What is this treasure? This treasure looks something like uh, the Joe and Gene Elgin build that we experienced uh, just yesterday. We were out there uh, erecting the first few walls for the Watley family. One of my favorite pictures, man. The kids were drawing uh, Bible verses on uh, the, the wood that would be used for the walls. You know, interesting, when we were all busy uh, uh, building the walls and, and, and serving food, uh, no one was uh, arguing over politics or about right or wrong church doctrine. Uh, no one was complaining about this or that uh, because we were busy doing the, the work of the Lord. <laughs> That's the treasure. That's the treasure that we should guard and protect and share and offer the world. And even though Mr. Watley is a Cowboys fan, we decided to serve him anyway. Paul, Lois, Eunice, and Timothy... Through humility, we have received that which is better, which offers us a victorious joy for those who serve God. May we hold on to that treasure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Holy Father, we give you thanks for that which we have inherited throughout the generations, your good news of great joy that is offered to those who serve the Lord. Father, especially on this World Communion Sunday, help us us to share this treasure. Help us to recognize that this treasure is already across the world. This treasure is already being shared by people who don't look like us or think like us or who would ever make their way to Bossier City. So, Father, make us humble. Father, make us grateful. And give us the courage to share your victorious joy. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.